and welcome to Conversations in Clean Tech, the podcast that celebrates the clean tech industry and the people that power it, brought to you by Brightsmith. I'm your host, Jenny Gladman, and across the podcast, I'll be interviewing leaders, innovators, and entrepreneurs from around the world to explore the opportunities, challenges, and rewards of working in clean tech. From fuel cells to fashion tech, we'll discuss diverse topics such as scaling startups, strains on the C-suite and seeking investment while offering some tokens of wisdom to enlighten, engage and inspire everyone to live their purpose. I couldn't be happier to have today's guest joining me. She's a career CEO, a brilliant leader, a passionate promoter of sustainability, a huge advocate for women in business and the driving force behind a new and exciting Portuguese sustainable mobility startup. All in all, she is awesome. Jane's an engineer by trade. She started and led numerous companies through the stages of founding, growth, acquisition, and public company exit. Early last year, Jane made the leap to take the helm of a newly formed startup, Go With Flow. Flow is a fast growing tech startup based in sunny Portugal, and it's about to be making an impact on a global scale. They've got a unique end-to-end offering in the EV space, which I will let Jane tell you all about. And today we'll cover that, as well as talking about the leap to join Flow, to move to Portugal, the challenges of scaling the startup, the huge opportunities the clean tech sector is facing globally, and what you should consider if you're thinking about taking this path. Along with that, we'll discuss how we are going to accelerate the journey to a cleaner future, which we're traveling towards. So I'm very excited to welcome Jane Hoffer, CEO of Go With Flow to Conversations in Clean Tech. Hi, Jane. Hi, Jenny. It's so great to be here with you. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. And I'm going to hand it over to you to tell our listeners a bit about yourself and I guess how you've ended up running a sustainable mobility startup in Europe. Thanks so much for that. Uh, It's been quite a journey. This is actually my sixth startup. I started actually in corporate world in sales and marketing and then joined a company, a software company early in my career that through a series of great opportunities, I I, uh, purchased out, I bought out and then grew. And so over the course of of my, my career, I've been focused on startups. After I sold my business, I then started helping high growth startups, working typically brought in by their investors and working with their CEOs to grow their businesses. And that's how I actually got introduced to Portugal, because a number of years ago, I joined a startup here in Portugal called Venium, focused on moving large amounts of data between vehicles in the cloud, so focused on mobility. Uh, and I got a chance to spend a lot of time in Portugal, meet, work with the teams, really understand what exists here in Portugal and Europe for for sustainability and, and mobility. And and that's how I got here. And, and when the call came to look at the opportunity at Go With Flow, it was one I couldn't uh, I couldn't turn down. No, I don't blame you. I've only been to Portugal once, but I can see the appeal of moving there for sure. Well, the invitation's open to come visit for sure. <laughs> Excellent. I believe we're now allowed. <laughs> And going back to kind of sustainability and your passion and kind of what landed you there, why clean tech? Why is that so important to you? Well, I think sustainability has always been part of something I've been very interested in. My my father was a farmer, so he grew up 
and I grew up growing vegetables and so on. And he became an engineer actually after after university. But as I grew up, we were always doing things with the land and growing things and, and so on. And, and so everything that we did was about how do you how do you make this a great place to live and, and for the future? And that we did the same with our children. And so technology has a really great opportunity to help us achieve those things. And so as I've gone through my career, I've always looked for opportunities for using technology to make major shifts happen to improve the way that we live. And so again, as it got closer and closer to what I'm doing with, with Go With Flow now, the opportunity to change change the way that we'll get into this, I'm sure, with what Flow does, but just change transportation and being able to, to make significant changes in the short term to improve the quality of life, improve the quality of the air, and also help businesses reduce costs was something that is, just makes me so excited to get up every day. And so you should be. And talking about the sector more widely, before we get into the, the details of flow, to someone on the outside looking in, how would you explain the clean tech space? Well, I think it's a, it is a very broad base of opportunity. Everything from the hardware and the software that enables processes to drive renewables, to drive circular economy opportunities and so on. So the clean tech space is everything from the manufacturing to the process to the financing. I guess one way to, to explain it is sort of like we looked about, we called e-commerce e-commerce in the beginning because it was a, you know going electronic with commerce. I mean, clean tech is about, to me, it's as much transversal. It covers all aspects of how do we move to a world where what we're doing is done with a future that is viewed as clean and renewable and sustainable. Thank you. It's a great explanation. And talking about working in that sector, as you probably know, as a good partner of ours, Brightsmith Strapline is Live Your Purpose. And touching on that, how does it feel to be a part of that sector and, and to essentially live your purpose, live what you dreamed? Our tagline at Go With Flow is changing the way people move for the better. And so it, it is every day we have an opportunity to do what we can and bring the talents that we, we have to make those changes happen. And that means everything from me and the leadership team to, to motivate the people, bring the right people in and working with Brightsmith to, to, to do that. So it's, it's that, it's using what we have as the ability to build these teams and resources, but then it's engaging our teams to be able to do what they do best, to, to write the code, to test in the vehicles, to work with customers, and to be able to, on the, on the marketing side, communicate what we do to engage people and accelerate the adoption. So living, living my purpose and living the purpose within this, this organization is to really be able to take the opportunity that I have to enable the team to make these changes. And so that's, again, I mean, that's, I think you can't ask for a better, a better opportunity. And you want to give us a bit of the, the lowdown on Go With Flow, maybe the, the history, which is very interesting, and also touching on the present and then more importantly, the, the future impact that you're certainly going to have. For sure. So Go With Flow, actually, I, I call it a 10-year startup because the technology and the team were actually together for the last decade uh, in a research and development organization here in Portugal. So they were on the forefront of the first prototypes, the first testing that went on for electric mobility here in Portugal, including the software that's developed to drive the public charging infrastructure, working on some of the first EV chargers, looking at the first fleet electrification, 
And so over a decade, they did a number of projects, including micromobility startup and micromobility programs, mobility as a service. And they amassed a great amount of experience and technology that Galp Energia, the, the oil and gas company here in Portugal, identified as a critical element to help them on their transformation and their transition from gas and diesel to new and renewable energies and new, new ways of mobility. So Galp acquired the team and the technology and founded Flow uh, in 2019. I joined in 2020 and moved in 2020 to come join the team and build it from there. So the where we're going is super exciting. So we've been primarily a Portuguese company, although we've done a number of youth projects. But right now we are recruiting in Spain. So we'll be establishing a base of sales in Spain. We're recruiting in the UK. We'll be placing our leads for sales and for marketing in the UK because for us, our mandate as a team and from our board is to, to go global. Our objectives for the short term, meaning the next say two years, is really Iberia, the UK, and then entry into the US. And so for us to have a team, a market-facing team in the UK, a market-facing team in, in Spain, and then the core of the development team here in Portugal gives us the right footprint to really accomplish what we want to do. Very exciting times for you. I'm super excited about the team coming on board in the UK, because if you look at the market potential, the number of fleet vehicles, and again, we'll talk about specifically what we do, but measured by the number of fleet vehicles and the opportunity to electrify fleet vehicles, the UK and Spain have a massive opportunity by sheer numbers of companies and vehicles. And the UK has been pretty progressive. So we're excited to join um, so while we're still at the earliest stages to help uh, in, on that journey. And you want to tell us the elevator pitch, the who are you and what can you offer us here in the UK, in Spain, and likely in the US in the very near future as well. So Go With Flow is a platform, Flow Sustainable Mobility Platform, consists of a mobile app and an operations backend. And it's intended for companies with fleets, whether they're service fleets or benefit fleets or final mile fleets, to electrify, to help them on that journey from moving from gas and diesel vehicles to uh, low emission, no emission future. So what we are is we're the tools to enable the drivers to be able to find the right vehicle, to be able to charge at the right charging station, whether it's at home or in public or at, at the company location. We're the backend solution to help the fleet managers and the energy managers and the financial managers manage this heterogeneous world of as they're transitioning. It will be a decade-long journey for them to move their fleets from gas and diesel to electric. It won't happen overnight. And we are the glue for the for the end user, the drivers, and for the operations team to really be able to manage that transition to lower costs and lower emissions at the same time. And I know the operations teams and the fleet managers are just crying out for something that, that makes their life easier. And, and this is it. So very well placed. Thank you. We're actually very unique in the sense that we come at it from a holistic view. You said this in the in the intro. We're a one-stop end-to-end solution for both the vehicles and the, the charging and the fuel infrastructure to be able to create a, that backbone and that platform. What we find in the market is that other solutions come at it from almost purely the charging infrastructure or purely from the fleet side. And we're actually the one that brings it all together for in a platform to manage cohesively. And I guess that takes us nicely into the roller coaster that you're on in scaling and not just here, but the experiences you've had in your other startups and, and what it's like to be a CEO. And I think it's worth mentioning and, and you touched on it there, but not only did you join to be the CEO of a startup, you did it in 2020 and you did it on another continent. <laughs> so let's start with with the challenges of that. How, how was it? How was the move? <laughs> 
Well, that wasn't the plan, <laughs> actually. The plan was I would come in January and I would meet the team and then go back and get my residency visa, which typically only takes a few weeks. But I left on February 28th, 2020. And two weeks later, as you know, things just shut down. So I was not able to return to Portugal and the team until late July. So my first months in bonding with the team and, and so on were all done, were done via Zoom or done via Teams. I think many companies were in the same situation. So we weren't, we weren't unique in that, but it really challenges your ability to connect and to really do planning. We needed to do some very strategic planning. What, what did we want to be? What of all of our technologies were we going to bring forward to product? And it made it more difficult for sure. But it was important for us as a team and the challenge of a CEO and, and scaling is, is about knowing your team, giving them the right vision and then give them the right tools to be able to do what, what they need to do. So in 2020, we were really focused in more internally on product and technology and setting that foundation. And 2021 is about building the market facing team. So timing has been pretty much on our side and that we weren't really heavily going to market in 2020 as we are in, in, in 2021. So we were fortunate in that sense. I think the challenges that we face are really finding the right people, retaining the right team, and getting as close as our, to our customers as, and, and understanding in these changing times you know, what, their, what their needs are and making sure that our product addresses that. And actually, that's a question I have for you as someone that's had to do that really from day one. What did you learn about kind of the communication styles and, and how you could do things in a different way? Well, I am certainly American, I think, compared to the team. I, I found that the team, first of all, they're fantastic. I mean, they've been, the core team has been together for the decade. They, they can probably finish each other's sentences and, and know what each other is thinking. So that's super helpful. The challenge that I, that I faced, and I think we're still working through it, is to be able to give the team the comfort and the space and the encouragement to hold each other accountable in a way that it doesn't, it's not personal, right? This I keep saying to the team, like, I'm okay with conflict. Conflict is good. We need to be able to raise the things that are concerns of ours and we get better together when we're, we're open and we share the pluses and the minuses because we get better that way. I found in the initially that was a little difficult for them because I'm much more open and I'm much more open and I'll say a lot. Again, it's sort of just the nature, I think maybe of myself and then also being American. They were reserved at first, and so I had to pull more from people and get more time with people to get an understanding and say, look, it's not, criticism is not a bad thing. Let's be critical in a positive way and let's improve because we had to re-architect the company. We were going from a project-oriented company to a product-oriented company. And doing that over the course of 12 to 18 months is a, is a challenge. And it doesn't come without people saying, we shouldn't be doing it that way anymore, or let's try this other way and so on, and not feel as if you're going to hurt someone's feelings. I think that was the biggest learning is getting getting people comfortable that they can share concerns and not feel like they're going to hurt someone's feelings or they're going to say something out of turn. And also, I guess the, the cultural change, we've discussed this, the power of culture and diversity, but bringing in people in all different countries to a company that historically has been quite focused in one geography and probably in the main one culture. How's that been? Well, I think it's a challenge that I'm super excited about. I mean, we're consciously in, in the recruiting process looking to make sure that we are broad based in, in our search and and looking to find people who will complement and build out the team in a diverse and inclusive way. I mean, I think that's got to be the foundation. And that's why I think we joined Portuguese Women in Technology and we're sponsoring some programs there. It's, it's really, it's not, I mean, we need more women in the company. 
we need more just diversity in general in the company that will come not only through the recruiting we're doing here, but by bringing these teams together in other geographies. I'm super excited about it because I see what the power is of diversity in, in thought. Excellent. And speaking of the diversity of thought and the power, let's talk about the highs as well as the challenges. What's been what's been the best moment so far? Well, I think closing some of our first contracts as a new company were the most most exciting. And you know, we were able to within a short period of time close a contract with IKEA here in Portugal, which is, as you know, one of the most prestigious companies on the forefront of sustainability. And to be able to go from what was basically a cold call to a contract and working closely with their team here, I think, and, and showing that our team has the skills and ability and culture to match and, and to really help them. That I think was a huge, huge high. We won the Clean Tech Award here in Portugal with Startup Portugal, and that was another another high for, for us. You know, I think those are probably two of the biggest ones. I mean, I think getting myself settled, you know, having my husband and I in the same time zone and being together, it was a big accomplishment because the last decade, in all honesty, for me, I, I was working in New York all week and he was in a different location. And I think at some point you have to, you know, it's it's fun to be back back together and start a new journey. Exciting times for you personally as well. And I hear there's a puppy on the horizon. Well, he was supposed to have arrived on Saturday this past week, but um, he will arrive this Saturday. I'm very excited. Exciting times. <laughs> and if we take a slightly bigger step back, would you say there's any lessons that you've learned personally since you've taken on this new journey in the last 18 months almost? Yeah, for sure. I mean, one thing we haven't talked about in detail is that, that our major majority shareholder is Galp. So I mentioned Galp Energy. So we are a startup, but we are primarily majority owned by Galp. We're an independent business. We have the autonomy and the, and the mandate to go global, even outside of regions that Galp is engaged. But we are bound by a number of you know larger constructs that Galp has. So they're a highly regulated organization, a conservative company. So I think the, one of the things that I've learned is is just how delicate that balance of fast, you know, fast movement of a startup and, you know, and almost the concept of fail fast in, is different than the large organization. So balancing my board and investors with the startup, I'm go, go, go. And I'm used to having sort of a venture backed board that moves very fast. And we were the first business that, that Gallup created independently. They've done more since. So Energia Independiente is a solar panel company that's also started last year. So, you know, they're learning and they're very open-minded, but there are still those things that, that I have to be, say, patient and more, I guess patient is probably the way is to, to, to be more methodical with that parent company as what I've had in the past. Yeah, I think it's always good to have those moments where you take a step back and you think about it. And actually, I think you learn a lot and, and moments like this are nice times to pass that on to others who are going through that kind of same experience. And speaking of others and people, I know you're you're very big into promoting other people and power of community and networks. So do you want to share some of your experiences of of both being a part of those networks, but also where you've you've managed to support other people in their careers? This is something I know you and I bonded on and way back in, in our first conversations and how important being engaged in the community and helping promote others uh, throughout. And so from my earliest times back in, in Philadelphia in the, in the tech community, I got very involved with the Alliance of Women Entrepreneurs, including actually a, a couple of years as its, as its president. I believe very, very strongly in promoting, and I focused a bit on women in particular, just because I know what it's been like to be 
I started my first company in 1996. So it goes away, way back. And there weren't many women doing that. And there wasn't, weren't many women being funded and all of that. So I feel very strongly about supporting that. So I was engaged in, in the U.S. in a very large way in those kinds of communities. I'm involved actually in Chief. It's based out of New York, but it's about women leaders in senior leadership positions and, and helping each other and, and helping uh, promote others as well in, in mentorship. Here in Portugal, I've had a little less opportunity to get involved because things have been locked down. But as I mentioned, we are active in the Portuguese Women in Technology group, really looking to help promote more women in technology and, and have them understand what opportunities are available for them. We actually just hired head of finance and admin, a woman from a Portuguese startup called Blip. She started here with us literally yesterday. And she's actually involved in the startup scene here in Porto, in north of Portugal. So we're going to continue as, as things open up to get more involved with more meetups and other kinds of programs just to share and just and help people understand what opportunities are available, have our team meet other teams, et cetera. I'm really excited about those types of things that are to come. And I know furthering on from that, something you've done is a lot of mentoring. Any advice to those people out there that might need a mentor or are looking for that kind of guide somewhere out there in the community, what would you tell them to do? There are a number of programs that are out there that if you scan and look for different sponsored programs, I was a jurist on a program recently that was a smart women in shared mobility based out of actually Vancouver, Washington. I don't know if you know Sandra from Move yeah. Me. She's, yeah, she's <laughs> fantastic. Those kinds of programs are there and you have such an amazing network that you can connect through in, in through those. Even if you don't participate in the programming, look for the people who are leading those programs and just reach out to them. Reach out on LinkedIn. I find the, the network to be super supportive. People have reached out to me through LinkedIn asking for, you know, I can always make 15 minutes of time to, to meet with someone and talk about my experience and, and they should do their research, right? It's not, it's not an easy thing to get my time. I don't mean that, you know, that way, but, but for the right outreach and the right thoughtful outreach, we'll make ourselves available. I mean, and then I think through, even through you, right? So there are people who you're working with regularly who will say, do you know someone that I should talk to? And you've been an amazing connector and, and, it, and it's beneficial both ways. I've learned from talking with people and hopefully I've shared things that have, and mentorship doesn't need to be necessarily a long-term commitment. It can be, it can be a regular touch point for coffee, um, but it can also be just that one conversation and get some ideas and get energized and think, uh, and think in different ways. So I would say, don't be shy. That's the biggest thing is don't, don't feel as if someone has to introduce you. You have the power to actually reach out and ask for the introduction. And if someone says, not now, I'm, I'm, then realize it's, it's not about you. It's about the time and so on. And, and go look for, for another, uh, another leader in the industry. I think that, it, that would be what I would be telling myself earlier in my career, because I always felt like I, I needed to be properly introduced. It's much different now. And I think we have a lot of power at our, our hands to, to make those connections. And I would echo that some of the most inspiring conversations I've had are people that I've met only once or twice in that context. It doesn't need to be something that goes on for 10 years. And you can get a, a lot from those conversations. And sometimes it is that person who actually doesn't know much about what you do that makes you step back and realize what it is that you need to achieve and, and different ways of doing it. I absolutely agree with that. In fact, actually, I, it's a great point you raise. And I, I would say you should balance because some of the best insights come from people who aren't close to the industry or have different, but they might be in the same discipline. I mean, I think I definitely would, would say that for sure. Yeah, it's easy to ask the people who know you well and the people that know what you do well, but actually trying to explain something to someone who doesn't understand your industry often makes you realize quite a lot about what you do. 
And now thinking of, of the future and, and where clean tech is going, what's your vision? Where do you see us going in the next few years? What What's going to be the, the main changes to the ecosystem? I come more from the perspective of mobility, as you can imagine, with, with the background. So I think there's going to be a, a lot of change related to everything that's going to mature to the next level of scale and so on. So it really is adoption of EVs and the next evolution of the charging infrastructure and what that means with regard to fleet hubs and shared services across uh, regions and such. So a lot of new technology and a lot of new thinking there. And then honestly, I'm really excited to see how solar and EVs together are married. Hydrogen evolves. There are some amazing things that are going to happen that are going to make impacts at later part of this decade that are under development now that are going to make, I think, going to make some some significant opportunities in clean tech for people because it's again I go back to the fact that the hardware the software the process and so on there's so many things that one can be a part of in the system and actually you make a, a brilliant point without making it in that it's all of those different parts together and what I'm seeing is so many of those smaller startups joining forces be it in a more formal joint venture or just supporting each other and and seeing how the different angles, you know, how could you include hydrogen into what you're doing on, from an electric vehicle perspective, how all these different organizations have something to offer each other. And also they want to. It's a different mentality. Everyone has the same goal of supporting energy transition and reaching net zero. And actually, you know, rather than seeing it as how big of a piece of the pie can we take, you want to take that piece and you want to be successful, but you want everyone else to be successful too. Else there's, you know, what are we working for? For sure. I think I see that a lot in the, the companies that we're, that we're working with and partnering or just exchanging ideas. I mean, I think that there's a common purpose and, and the knowledge that we're at the earliest of stages of fundamental shift. There's room for, for everybody um, or room for many, and maybe a better way to say it, room for, for many with, with great you know, great companies, and there's room for us to partner. And like I said, to JV or partner or create channels, referrals. It is an exciting time because it's it's in its infancy in many ways. Definitely. And this brings me to my last question. And actually, it's just touching back to something you were saying there about about people reaching out because they need a mentor. For those that maybe aren't ready or aren't quite confident enough yet, but but want to hear some great advice, do you have one one last piece of advice for those people out there that might be um, embarking on a career in clean tech or in mobility or just joining a tech startup generally? Yeah, I, I would say that it's funny. I'm just thinking about it because we're we're doing a lot of recruiting, as you know, in across the board, and we get. We get a lot of resumes from people who are not in the space and they're apologetic and they'll say, I don't have any experience in this space, but I really want to move into it and and so on. And I would say that the kind of going back to the same is what would hold you back? What is the worst thing that can happen if you reach out and you apply for a position where you don't have the skills or the experience? I mean, you can start you can start anywhere. So I think that it's one where if, if you're confident and not ready, do research get an understanding of there's so much information out there an understanding of what the different areas within businesses look at open positions on on websites just in general look go to the companies that you admire or would like to to join and see how they describe their companies and what they're doing get that background and then look, look for the opportunities that make sense for you i mean there's also educational set I mean, you can do a lot of online um, education in in the space so if it's about getting yourself confident that you're able to make the leap, then do that work. If it's about just doing the leap, you know what? I often just say, you know what? Just send the email. In that anxiety moment where it's like, am I ready? 
just do it. What can you lose? What's what can you lose? Exactly. And we've never lived in a world that it's so easy to access information and people and go and do self learning. Exactly. Get started on a YouTube video and seven hours later, you're still watching the same topic. And you've listened to 25 different people's opinion. And actually, you can have a pretty good idea of what it is that they're talking about just from teaching yourself. I think we're in a different world than when certainly when when I started earlier, where you you didn't have access. It's all at our fingertips. And there's a lot of lovely people out there that are willing to tell you their story and and share their advice and their wisdom. So, yeah, like you say, go and ask. Exactly. And that brings us to the end. So it's been a pleasure talking to you as always. And and thank you so much for sharing your experiences on conversations in clean tech. And we're very, very excited to see what the future holds for Flow. Jenny, such a pleasure. Thanks so much. And thank you for doing these things, because this is a part of exactly what we were just talking about. People will hear stories, people will hear the passion, and they'll get excited and they'll be part of this movement with us. Well, it's my pleasure and don't tell anyone, but it's my favorite part of my job. (laughs) (laughs) Take care, Jane. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Conversations in Clean Tech, brought to you by Brightsmith. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, like, and leave a review. Every time you do, it helps others find the show. For more information on how Brightsmith can help you build a sustainable future through identifying, attracting, and retaining diverse talent, head over to brightsmith.com and join us next time for more conversations in clean tech.